0: So what's up?
1: <laughs> yo yo. Uh, uh big week. Yo, yo dog, it's uh what's up? Well, um it's like like I mentioned before the show, the, it's lawnmower season. So they're all migrating somewhere. Now's the time that everybody's doing it, huh? Yeah, it's so inconsiderate. Don't they know I have a podcast? I know, it's really inconsiderate. Don't they, don't they know? I, I have... <laughs> they uh, don't even know what a podcast. I is.
0: always... Uh, there was always this, this uh, common thing where you just don't do it before like 9 or 10 in the morning because it's the weekend mm-hmm. and people are sleeping in they work yeah, hard a week. Right. Uh, my neighbor does not care. 7 in the morning, he's got stuff to do. Wow. Really? Yeah, I,
1: yeah but you live in farm country. Farmers uh, get He's up. like
0: 70 years old and he sits on his porch all day. Like, he doesn't need to mow now. He's
1: got, he's got plans. You know, the porch isn't going to sit on itself. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He's got plans.
0: <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten about that. He's
1: not, not going to wait around, waste the remaining years he has of his life waiting for you yeah, to wake up. I guess up.
0: you're right. I should probably uh, not uh, be so I, angry about it. I get
1: it. I, uh, so, uh, you know, I get up super early. And it does kill me that I could be doing something productive like mowing my lawn at 6 a.m. Well, when but, I do get
0: up early, it would be nice to just get it out of the way. Plus, it's cooler in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. I get yeah, it, but still. but you
1: would be a terrible, terrible <laughs> human for doing that.
0: <laughs> and this guy is, I'm so, pretty sure.
1: That's why I read and dink around on the internet and Yeah, you send me some very we'll strange
0: and uh, esoteric, like, coding things that, like, I just six in the morning. <laughs> uh strange technical things you've discovered or it, I
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Well how do you spend your morning no. I'm looking up Python edge cases. Yeah. What are you uh, doing? Sleeping?
0: Yeah. Uh, hmm. Wasting my life Here's sleeping. That. Um
1: what a waste. I'm just sitting there waiting for my kid to get up so I can have an excuse to watch cartoons oh, and not be a weirdo. That's
0: I guess kind of inspiring in a way. Um You know what also seems to be kind of inspiring? Hmm. Um, This bottle of beer that you sent me. It's it's, it's inspiring me to drink it.
1: (laughs) All right. So this is a Cezanne from one of my favorite weirdo breweries. Uh, Weirdo in that they make a lot of unusual beers. Oh, okay. I don't go there as much as I would like. Night shift brewing. Yeah, so tell Boston. me about this because we, I, think I think don't know. Got, we, uh, I think we did a night shift beer at one I don't point.
0: Remember doing um, a night shift beer?
1: I don't know. Maybe we did. It is a ty- what I would call now. It's a microbrewery. Before it was a nano brewery. It was uh, you know. There's this weird distinction about nano brewery is almost like they're brewing like you would as a home brewer, and they're just happen happen to be bottling in it and selling it. Uh, so they started out like three guys that brewed at night or whenever on the weekends, and then. You know, homebrewed and then brewed more and more and then eventually like rented out some like dive place in an industrial park to get some bigger brew equipment and just kind of like kept growing from there. People would come then on the weekends to get bottles and they'd sell out. And so they got bigger equipment, bigger equipment. Now they have like a huge, like 16,000 square foot um, place that they just moved into this past year where they brew on like real serious scale and they make strange stuff. Like they made a, a honeydew beer that was like delicious and refreshing and not like anything else I'd ha- ever had. This is a Saison that I can't wait to taste. I've never had it before. That is brewed with pink peppercorns and orange peel. And honestly, that sounds awesome. Yeah, for a it Saison. sounds
0: really cool. Um, it smelled awesome when I opened the bottle, like very kind of fresh and yeasty. Um, yeah, these guys sound like they're maybe the, the Massachusetts equivalent of tired hands, which is where I'm hoping to go this afternoon or late evening uh, for dinner to try- or
1: Detroit. Or tired hands is the Pennsylvania Correct. equivalent of nightshade. <laughs>
0: it could be that too. Yeah, <laughs> in my experience, that's uh, how I'm viewing it though.
1: People that like beer, they like to do interesting yeah, things. they like to yeah. make
0: weird beers um, and see what and, works.
1: And they don't make weird, like, I would say there's only been a couple beers that I was like, oh, yeah, nice experiment, good to try once, I'll never have again. Most of their beers are really tasty, and I would totally have them again. They don't necessarily carry them all, all the time, but you would like, they do a bunch of sours. hmm Sounds um, so they good. They rotate. They have a barrel society where they do all this special barrel aging stuff, and you can... You can join to get those beers. You can't really go in and just buy them. You have to join their barrel club. Um, they have a bunch of like different funky beers that they do that are interesting and different, like a f- funked porter. never had that. Sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> that
0: sounds interesting. So is this? These guys don't distribute anywhere outside of Massachusetts, I would imagine.
1: Uh, I don't think they do yet. But again, they got the new larger facility that also has a, like a brew pub inside of it. And they're really friendly. If you could go there on the weekends, those are the guys that are working. Like they do all the stuff.
0: Well, I think that's, what's kind of cool. And we actually went to a few of those places in Asheville, um, as well, you know, places that just, that that place called Fanta Flora, which just looked like a tiny yeah. kind of neighborhoody bar that had some very strange beers that were made by the people who started the place and worked there. And, they do all the brewing there, and I thought that was kind of a cool thing. And and that is similar to uh, the whole Tired Hands thing as well, where they were small and they made some strange beer and it clicked with people. And, uh, you know, they started expanding. We were going to go to their big – they opened a big uh, – not a facility, but I guess it's a, it's a bigger brew pub, uh, much better seating, Um and we're gonna see how that goes today, and and see how they branch so let, out. Let,
1: let's let's try this. Yeah, it's killing
0: book. me smelling this.
1: Oh man, it smells great up front. There's a lot of lemon. Yeah,
0: lemon. Is, is, I'm smelling that big time.
1: And that that just huge saison yeasty farmhouse yep. smell. Oh my, mm. that is a huge mouthful. Sure is. It's uh, it's got Keepers.
0: some sweetness. A lot of tartness to it,
1: like the, yeah, a lot of tartness uh, for for just a plain saison, not for you know sour or anything. Yeah, but uh, the peppercorn, I don't think is very prominent mm-hmm. at
0: all.
1: In fact, I wouldn't have even known it had peppercorn in it. The orange is really subtle too. Overall, it's just a really fantastic. Yeah, that's saison. what I would say.
0: I would say this is almost like a like a right off the drawing board saison. Like it has all the flavors that I would expect. Uh, very similar to. Um, that Evèque Le Bon Vaux that we had um, sometime over the winter, you know.
1: And this is what I like of, like about their their beers. They're they're interesting, but not over the top weird. Like n- nothing that. Okay, I, this is
0: not <laughs> weird at all. This is like the quintessential saison to me.
1: Yep, I think it's a fantastic saison. It's got a, a fantastic, like, feel in your mouth of, like, velvety. Yeah, I
0: was thinking it was uh, creamy, malty. but it's not quite creamy. I think yeah. I think velvety is probably a better word for it.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. That's dangerously drinkable. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a good way to put it.
1: Wow. I think it's like 7% it or like that. It is, 7%. Like
0: um, yeah, so, I mean, I think you and so, I have th- talked at, at, at length about our our love of Saison's, mainly because it, 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 uh, it it would be nice if today was sunny and gorgeous, because this would be a great beer for like a sunny day back on the back porch or something like that, just sipping on it. But, uh, it actually goes pretty well with this kind of spring rain weather that we're having too. Spring rain. It is
1: not spring.
0: It's like 56 degrees here. So it's like,
1: (laughs) I know it's a, it's a crazy summer here too. It's, uh. It's overcast and tomorrow I think we get our rain. Oh uh, okay. It's it's not it's not sunny at all. But I was going to say um these guys they they started in this really old terrible warehouse. Like honestly, you had to figure out where you could park because mostly it was dirt and construction workers that would tow your car away if you parked in their personal spot, which whatever that was. And to access them, you had to go down through this old dark hallway. It looked like you were going to the bathroom, like (laughs) in a warehouse, and you'd make a turn off the side, off of kind of a nondescript door, and then there would be a bar there and they would serve beer from there. (laughs) But if you walked in the back, they had just huge brewing equipment, like real stainless,
0: you know,
1: like serious scale brewing equipment. Then I think they got some investment money, but they had also they also saw the writing on the wall that uh, they were going to have to move out of that spot because there was a bunch of apartments being built. There's a casino going to be built not too far mm-hmm. away, and I think they're going to build a highway through there. <laughs> so through there, okay. yeah, <laughs> so so they moved to this like sixteen thousand square foot place, however big it is. I don't know. Maybe it's less than sixteen thousand. It's pretty big. And had to pack everything up, like clear out. And I just remember thinking like, what, what an enormous task. Luckily they were prepared. They knew that that's what they wanted to do. But can you imagine how much just stuff they have around of cases of empty bottles and labels and gluing equipment and bottling equipment and, and just all the paraphernalia for brewing. I know how much crap I have for brewing. Right. Yeah. I so mean, I have a whole ju- barn just imagine full of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Just imagine how much just stuff they've tucked in every little corner. So they were prepared. There was a brewery right next to them called Idle Hands that uh literally right next to them. Like you walked instead of turning left down a door, you kinda went straight and you were in another place that looked like may have been a bathroom at one point, uh, that they expanded to become like a brewery. It wasn't
0: a bathroom. So this
1: was the sketchiest I really thought I had the wrong address First time I went So they decided to stick it out and stay there And the news came out Last week or the week before That the state basically Is taking possession of Or you know basically Evicting everybody (laughs) Because they're going to build a highway on ramp over there For the casino And so the idle hands People were like we've got to shut down we can't stay here. We don't know where we're going to go. We didn't plan for this. Well, luckily, the night shift guy stepped in and said, you can move your stuff in. But I can just imagine, like, they had no notice. They're just throwing things, probably, in hefty bags and moving it, which I've done before. I don't know if you've yep. ever done that. That you know, is my move. <laughs> undergrad move, where you just get a box of hefty bags, throw everything in hefty I bags. I mean, so just undergrad. Your to car. Do that. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I've done it post-undergrad, post too. <laughs> but... uh Man, it really makes me appreciate keeping keeping yourself together, like, on a daily basis of, like, what you need and what you don't need. Getting rid of stuff. Like, I could totally be a collector of everything if I let myself go.
0: Yeah, and...
1: Collect everything. uh, Like... Mice, keyboards, computer cables, DVDs. I would have no problem just holding on to all that stuff if left to my own devices. So, do you, But I've moved
0: a yeah, lot. Yeah, I was just going to say, do you ever go through periods where you get rid of stuff?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the topic of the show. So this, like, every spring, for whatever reason, I think it's historic. It seems to be a common, the spring cleaning thing. I try to go through my stuff, like get rid of stuff, clean stuff out, make hard choices and like decisions about what's important to me. And this spring I was really busy, had stuff going on. So I'm slowly moving through it, uh, this summer and getting like getting myself or cause it takes a lot of effort. Well, it does. Right? It. To, get, to get rid of stuff takes logistics a lot of
0: work, and effort. And uh, the thing that I'm, uh, most aware of in that um, one of the things that always gets me is I think the longer you're in a place, and a year is almost a little bit too long to do these types of evaluations, is your mind stops noticing things, um, which is why I think it's really useful. It just becomes your surroundings. Yeah, it becomes your, your environment after a while. And, you, you know, something that you uh, some clutter that you put on top of the refrigerator, which is the one that's bothering yeah. me lately.
1: Of course I have eight keyboards in my closet. And that's where I have <laughs> that's eight where keyboards. You put
0: them. And they just kind that's of – you know, when do. you open your closet, you, don't, you no longer go, oh, God, why do I have eight keyboards? It just becomes there's eight, there's, there's eight keyboards in my closet. So you just move on, and, and your, your eye scans over them. So uh, um, every once in a while – and I would say I try to do it a little bit more often than spring, although spring is the period where it uh, just is convenient because it's finally warm enough to move. Um, is I try and do kind of a whole room. You of, think that's
1: what the origin yeah, of it is? Yeah, I, I
0: think so. I think it's finally warm yeah, enough. The
1: snow's <laughs> gone. You can finally move uh, you around. You can
0: open up the doors and windows and and uh, and let things air out and stuff like that, I'm sure. Because
1: it always felt like, I, I agree, I always tend to do it in spring, but it always felt like winter was the right time because that's when you're forced
0: to be with your stuff <laughs> the most. <laughs> it's, a good time. it's a good point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're in your house. Because I've talked to electricians, and they say usually like the indoor work picks up around fall because people start spending more time in their house and noticing like things that they don't Mm -hmm. like things that they want fixed or whatever. Or
0: or you're doing most of your outside work, you know, the the things that didn't get the things you noticed (laughs) during the winter (laughs) that you're like, Oh man, I got to fix that when, when it gets warm enough outside. Um, we actually were planning, uh, this weekend to do, uh, just a kitchen top to bottom clean. Um, which is something that I like to do room to room, which is, um, I find that when you do a whole house cleaning, you can, you tend to kind of do a lot of things, but not well, um, you know, at least I do. And so, um, in the kitchen, you just have things that kind of build up. We have things on top of our refrigerator, like ice bins and stuff like that, that they really should be put somewhere but right now they're just up there because it was convenient to, to put them there six months ago and they hey, stayed hey.
1: there. <laughs> how many colanders do you <laughs> I own? think
0: we have like two or three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's, what I'm talking about. That's exactly the mentality I try to force myself into is like, how many coffee cups could I possibly use at once? Yeah.
0: Right. And yeah, you, you can come right? up with a number.
1: Probably not 16, <laughs> which is I think how many I have, <laughs> but there's that like decision-making process that you you think you understand your logic of like, oh, I have have a cabinet full of coffee cups. They all fit. That's how many coffee cups I should have. Well... But then it's like, well... You probably don't need that many.
0: Yeah, you've got a lot of things that just accumulate. Like, um, the other day I was confronted with batteries. Like... Over the last year, I needed like two small AAA batteries, so I bought one of those big mm-hmm. packs of AAA batteries. And I needed yeah. two double A batteries, so I bought a big pack of those. And then, before you know it, I had like, you know, tons. I had nine volt batteries, I had C batteries. You need them for all sorts of stuff, but it accumulated in this drawer. And then yeah. the battery yeah. drawer. And so, I'm
1: well acquainted with the battery what, what drawer. What
0: prompted me to do this kitchen cleanup was because. Um, Number one, the top of our refrigerator, I made the mistake of looking at it. See, that was one, that was one problem because there's dust mm. up there and just it was, you know. And then um, I tried to put a pin inside the pen drawer in our kitchen, but there was, uh, I couldn't that close one it because there's peeves. too many batteries. <laughs> that like, this is, is totally one
1: of my pet peeves is the junk drawer in yep. the kitchen. I grew up with the junk drawer and basically it starts out as a utility drawer. Where you put things that are useful. Correct. And then becomes the drawer where you can't find the things that are useful. So you don't even bother going there anymore.
0: You just go there to put things to hold them. And and it was kind of getting to that point when when I opened it up the other day. I couldn't close it because there was too many batteries. And yet, um, after I closed it, there was some blue baling twine hanging out of it. And I was like, first off, why is that there? What is going on? <laughs> why are we saving two feet <laughs> of bailing I know wine? exactly what you're talking um, about. So I, it, I just, I was just thinking to myself, Wait, why is it in the kitchen? Why is it in the kitchen? Why it's, do we have it <laughs> to begin with? What? Just throw it away.
1: Why are we saving it? Yeah. So
0: I think, um, you know.
1: I've been known to open that drawer and dump it out, like, completely. <laughs> just
0: dump it, the whole thing. Because
1: I, I have zero tolerance for the, specifically that Well, drawer. the thing that's frustrating is
0: the... I kept it so neat for so long. So, again, when we back up a little bit, we are talking about, uh, you know, kind of spring cleaning or a thorough cleaning or a thorough organization. The, yeah, purge. the purge. We're kind of lucky in a sense that we have moved pretty frequently over the last four years, five years. Um, although this place we're kind of settling in, and we now own the house, et cetera, so it, it becomes yeah, you know, buying yeah. stuff.
1: You yeah. gotta you get a IKEA, or Costco, and you're like, oh yeah, well we own the house now. Let's, Let's get to t- more. You got colliders. it
0: exactly because before I was like, well, we shouldn't buy too much. We shouldn't buy. <laughs> ah, we won't have to, move, have to it. move it. We yeah. own it. Bingo, yeah. bingo. So mm-hmm. so so we're gonna start with the kitchen, but then you know, closets just accumulate things. uh,
1: Well, hold on. I want to want to hit on your battery thing. The battery thing drove me nuts for a long time. Then then we got a special battery drawer in our laundry room, and then that started to like drive me nuts too because never failed. Never had the exact kind of battery (laughs) I needed. Like, oh, it needs a three C whatever you know battery for a watch. Like, of course, I won't have that. And then it needs a C battery. Oh, I have a C battery. No, what you have is three D batteries. Okay, I have D batteries. Oh, this toy needs four D batteries. Oh, I have three D batteries. Like, that's the never-ending problem with batteries. Yep. So, I stopped buying those regular Duracell, you know, non-rechargeable batteries. Got a battery organizer. Bought rechargeables that were in an even number. Not not an odd number. uh, Of every size of battery. And put them in there. Yes. And I just went yesterday to get batteries out. My my kids, uh, my kid, my father-in-law sent my kid a little remote control boat and it takes four double A's. I took my last four rechargeable double A's out of that bin and I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe we have used, I think I had 24 double A batteries. Yeah,
0: they go fast. Um, Toys. You know, over the winter we do, I have these flashlights. I use them to clean like the, the wood stove and stuff, you know, because it, it's you know, you never, our basement's dark and we take the dog out and now we have to put the chickens away when it gets dark. And um, <laughs> and you go through batteries a lot faster than you would think, uh, especially after you, when you buy one of those big, you know, battery bales, you know, yep. <laughs> it's like 50 of them But in the there.
1: rechargeables are great because I just periodically take them out of the toy or whatever, drop them in the recharger, recharge them, put them back. And they. if, if the toy is, if we'll get to this, if the toy is, Donated, I take the batteries out and put them back in the
0: holder. So, and then they're there for a future toy. Yeah, we I guess we're gonna you you'll be talking about toys, I'm sure. Um I've got some toy techniques uh for, <laughs> toy <laughs> for techniques, retiring uh, toys. So <laughs>
1: oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs>
0: No, go Sorry. ahead. You, you can talk about toys because that's uh, related to batteries. And I want to hear what your technique is because I had a very specific one when I was when I had kids who were mm. young enough it to want toys. It involves an attic. Oh, it does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It involves an attic. I periodically will go in and collect the toys up, put them in a box or a bag, put them in the attic. Not all the toys, just the ones that I noticed that she hasn't played with for a while. Those go in the attic. And if she doesn't know, if she notices, then I'll go get them out. If she doesn't notice, I'll leave them there for six months, 12 months. Yep. And if she still hasn't noticed, then they yep. get donated. That's
0: exactly what we've, I did.
1: We've donated a dozen bags of toys, and even, even more in clothes. And it's just, you know, I kind of feel bad. These are toys that we've given her and other people have given her. On the other hand, if she doesn't play with them, what difference no, does it make? No, that's exactly it's just right?
0: it's just clutter. Um and you know that is exactly what we did with uh with with my kids toys is as they would play with them less, I just kind of put them in we had a basement, we had no attic. So we put them in a box in the basement. And I usually uh, you, you know, you're the parent, you know what they play with most often and and generally um you know, they they don't yeah, even but look for it. Sometimes she again, does catch
1: know? me. Sometimes she's like did you see that Batman who didn't have a leg? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh...
0: Not that I'm aware uh, of. Maybe so, you should so look around.
1: So now she kind of she knows about the attic. So now she always wants to go up in oh, the boy. attic. She's always asking. And we always tell her, no. You can't go up in the attic. It's dangerous yes. up there. There's nails in the ceiling, you know. Yeah. So... uh she is very curious about how many of her toys oh, over the gosh. years have ended up in that. <laughs> so, I think she imagines it's like Santa's workshop do, up there. Or do something, do just you have like any, a bounty uh, of toys do you set
0: any aside? Like the really, you know, maybe uh, sentimental ones that you saw her playing with a lot,
1: not toys. We have other sentimental things like clothes. We We will save a certain pair of overalls when she, when she was a baby or something like that. But very, very little of that stuff do we save. I'm also not big on saving the drawings and stuff. I usually take a photo of them and then get rid of them. But she's also extremely offended by that, too. So we have to do it carefully. <laughs> yeah. kid. It just happened to my wife. She just threw something out. My kid was really... She's like, do you know how hard I worked on that? <laughs> my, my wife was like, I didn't mean to. I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah, I... Um... <laughs> I had a big folder. I'm sure I still have it somewhere of drawings that my kids did. Um, and then eventually, uh, because I'm a, I'm a nerd is I just started taking pictures of them. um, and yeah. uh, and filing them away in in a photo library as opposed to having the paper around and just because in reality I'll never take that paper out again, um, although it is fun to to look through because it, it the drawings evolve so much. My kid, yeah, so my that's my son, well, my oldest, who's now fifteen, used to. Um, make these very, very elaborate spy books that were like books within books that had folders inside. It it was all handmade with little pieces of paper. Um, And then I used to make, uh, They used to be so uh, intricately made as little artifacts, but over time they would deteriorate and fall apart. So what I used to do was I would make videos of him showing me all the features of these crazy spy books that he made. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. As they broke apart cool. and disintegrated and yeah. got thrown away or whatever. Then you at least have yeah. the videos uh, and you can load those prime. up and watch them. That's yeah. cool.
1: That's a good idea. You know, I'll have to give that shot. I wanted to talk, though, a little bit about the psychology of this whole process. So throwing away other people's stuff is pretty
0: mm-hmm. easy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like throwing I can throw my, my kids', kids toys stuff. away all day <laughs> long.
1: Pre, pre, <laughs> pretty easy, actually, because I'm like, ah, oh, she'll have more toys, whatever. She won't even miss it. But there is this, like, really difficult problem of, of just deciding what's valuable to yourself. And I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Merlin, man had this statement about, um, you know, we, we put value, not necessarily an exact dollar amount, but of value on things like this is worth money. You know, this is valuable. This old computer I paid money for. It's worth something, even though I don't use it ever. Well, he, I think it was him that made the statement of, are you treating it like it's worth as much as you think it is? Like, is it in a glass case? Is it well protected or is it serviced on a regular basis? Do you even know what powers on?
0: Like no, all um, this stuff. I, I have that same that c- cynicism was, about it. Yeah.
1: It was such a great, like just mind trick, like trick to yourself of like, okay, you think it has value. Let's decide. Are you going to treat it like it has value? Well, treating it like it has value means going up into the attic, Getting that box out that was labeled bedroom three from seven years ago when you moved. <laughs> yep. Getting that box out and going through it, taking out everything, carefully finding a place to keep it protected or going through the effort of trying to sell it to get the money that you think it's worth. And that has helped me get rid of so much yeah. junk. Yeah. Honestly. And I don't necessarily mean just throw away stuff, I mean like finding homes for it that aren't mine. Yeah. Home. I- like, in I'm a way, a it's kind of, of
0: detaching yourself from the value that you put in something because you were, you were attaching value to it, right? Um, but you weren't necessarily treating it as if it had that value. And so um, by detaching, like I I, I am detaching myself from, from the value of things in a few different ways. And then I agree with what you're saying. The way I do it is... I usually cannot be bothered to sell stuff. Like people say, oh, put it on eBay. Yes, I know. Dude, I'm not putting put it, it on, on eBay. eBay. That's always yeah. a famous
1: last words. eBay, It's, it's a, a pain in the ass. ass. I don't have
0: boxes for most of these things. I don't want to deal and with getting ripped shipping off. And yeah.
1: hand, doing the shipping and making sure that it's a real buyer. Yeah, and not getting just, ripped off. And then a, they
0: get it and say they didn't receive it. and it, it For like for $20. 20 bucks, it's just not worth it for me. And so yeah. I've come to that realization of I will almost never sell something so either I'm going to want to hang on to it because I will use it someday right and I'm much more brutal about whether I will use it again someday and then uh, you know conversely it's if I don't see myself using this again because it's been replaced by something new or something better or I just have lost interest in that thing Get rid of it. Like there's no point to keeping it. Now I am. Do you have do Do you have any boxes from previous no, moves? No, I do not. Um,
1: oh, you're good, man. I don't see. I I still do upstairs because there are things that we know that have memorabilia that we consider emotionally precious, but that we don't necessarily want out on our shelves. And then there's. I also have like weird stuff of like, oh, uh, letters from my first girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what am I going to do with that crap? Like, am I going to put it in a frame on a shelf? Like, probably not. My wife probably wouldn't be super thrilled with that. And to be honest, I actually don't care. But then the act of throwing it away feels like you're wiping that piece, like (laughs) the spotless mind. Remember that? You ever see that movie? jim carrey where like the, his memories from his past just are slowly slowly being erased right and it feels like you're going to create this hole by throwing that away of like oh now you'll never remember that person's handwriting right. like that's an important thing yep. right and that is a really hard like emotional problem to overcome it is at least for uh, me it is i guess
0: i'm uh I'm kind of like my my parents in a lot of ways because they my dad especially is not a very sentimental guy, you know, and I'm sure I picked this up from him, I, but I just don't usually attach that much sentimentality to things and objects, and, I, and almost maybe to my detriment because I don't have a lot of stuff from the past. Um, there was a time in high school um, when uh, it was a it was before the internet. Um, and so the, if you wanted to contact bands, you had to write them a letter <laughs> and, and put a stamp on it and mail it to some place that you had to find a, an address for, usually on the back of the album or something like that. And so um, my parents were moving out of their house And they said, we have a box of stuff up in the attic, Uh, I want you to go through it, it's for you, you know, it's special, you should take care of it, uh, and you should take it. So I go through this box, and sure enough, like, my remembering, like, oh, here's a tour postcard from REM's Chronic Town tour... And it's like Grange Fairs and stuff. And it was written on by people in the band and their band manager. And I, I remember cherishing that when I was in high school because I'm like, now R, 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 REM is huge and, and, you know, all that stuff. But I thought, well, this has been in my parents' attic for like 20 years.
1: Yeah, how much, how much value, value did do I it actually attach to this? For the, those 20 Am I years? going to
0: sell it? No. Am I going to show it to anybody? No. Um, and there were other letters but and, then from you, bands.
1: Do you do that? Do you do that bit of like, well, it'd be valuable to somebody yes, else? Yes, I
0: did do that, and I said, but no one cares. No one will care, and <laughs> so I threw the whole thing. I threw them all out yeah. because it really wasn't going to, even as a historical artifact, it only had historical value. Really, kind of to me, mainly because I'd had yeah. that. Um, that connection and um, it extends past that you know like did you take a picture of? nope it? didn't take a picture of it No, no. believe it or not
1: see I'm, I'm much more like easy going with that kind of stuff now that I can digitize it like cards that I get like my Father's Day card this year I'll just you know take take a couple pictures of it and it'll be gone yeah right. I'll do I, that I'm okay with yeah, it that I do way.
0: that with the, the cards my kids make me and stuff but I guess in this case maybe I could have archived it but again like I didn't think I didn't think about it for twenty years, and I didn't miss it, and I didn't cherish it. So does it matter? And I think the fact that I took a picture of it, well, now it now it's something that I'm going to carry along with me, right? Even if it's you well, know.
1: yeah. But I I'm always stuck with it. Didn't matter to me, but when I saw it, I got that little jolt of joy from it, and I might want to I might want to artificially juice myself like <laughs> okay. that again someday. Of like. Hey, let's look through these old memories and remind ourselves, because we don't have perfect recall, remind ourselves of that time, and then you you know, start reminiscing. So they're they're like trigger objects,
0: totems. Yeah. I have a lot of really mixed feelings about stuff like yeah. that because I feel
1: I'm not saying yeah. that's a good that's a good thing or bad thing, but those are definitely the kinds of thoughts that go through my head. You know, the one I have a real problem with is books. Mm. Getting rid of books because I f- I have just grown to feel like books have their own intrinsic value outside of what I can assign to them. Like, it's a book, it's a thing, it's knowledge, it's, you know, substantial material. And for a long time, that's been very, very difficult for me to just get rid of books, whether I was donating or throwing them away. Heck, I just got rid of a book about Panther for the mac oh really why did i have a book about (laughs) troubleshooting panther for so long like i should have got to the next os and dumped that book but i didn't i held on to it because it was like five inches thick and filled with useful information and i was like oh well that probably has some command that i could Mm. use later on a different operating system and And eventually i was like it's all available yeah you wised
0: up and and chucked it yeah my but i
1: i have tens of thousands of dollars worth of chemistry books. See, there I go. Assigning. Yes. You've assigned value, the value to, them. to it. They're exactly. in my attic. No one has looked at them in seven years, but I just, I feel like throwing them out or donating them to a public library is such a waste because they were monumentally expensive technical books. And it feels like I just like it was just a waste, but I know I need to do it. And my plan is this summer they're all coming down out of the attic, being organized by somebody, maybe me, and then donated.
0: I I mean I think that's, um, very similar to uh, my wife is a huge hard science fiction fan, like and space operas. She likes space operas too. So uh, when we first met, she had bookshelf after bookshelf of of science fiction books most of them were like paperbacks and things that weren't like super fancy or nice or didn't look good in a bookshelf they were just mm-hmm. like yeah, pulp pulp science, science fiction. fiction and um so uh when she moved in uh i was like you know you're not going to bring those with you are you And she's like <laughs> How well did that didn't go, go over? too good, um, <laughs> and she's like, "Of course I am. I'm gonna. I could read them all. I might read all of these things at some point again in my life." And I and I was like, yeah. "I don't believe uh, yeah. you," um, but because there's, there's always always new books, new to books. To read. you will never be mm-hmm. without books to read because there are always books being written. She didn't believe me. We moved like 15 boxes of books down uh, to my yep. place. Uh, we put them all on shelves. We found places for all of them.
1: Trophies. Yeah. There's trophies.
0: And um and I said
1: No this is no offense to your wife. I totally am right there with her. It, they're awesome trophies to go back and like look. These are my achievements. <laughs> like I read exactly. all of I these. I read all these
0: or they are ones that look really good and I want to read them someday. And so so I said, Well, here's what we'll do um when we move out to this place, because we're moving someplace smaller. Um I said, we need to get rid of like four boxes of books. So just go through and find some of the books that you've either read and didn't like or are sure you're not going to read or whatever. And She went through, got rid of a whole bunch of books. Um, and so um, then the next time we moved, uh, she got rid of more books. And then I think she got the realization that I was hoping that I had had it maybe a couple years before because I had moved a couple of times too, which was hey, you know what? I didn't think of any of those books in the last year. Not once. Not, not once did I say, oh, damn it, I wish and, I had and that if book. if you
1: do... Does she have a Kindle?
0: Does yeah, she has, she a, has Kindle? a Kindle now.
1: Because I find, like, very often now, I want a, an audio version of a book that I enjoyed previously, just because I enjoy that now. That's the new way I enjoy things. And I don't necessarily want that old book. But there, there's so there's some romanticism there to the book. Like... Again, triggering those memories, like I can pick up some of my Vonnegut books or my Salinger books and just remember exactly what I was doing in my life at the time I read that book. In fact, most likely I have a little little piece of paper with it written down, like what date I read the book. It's probably inside that book and little notes to myself in the margins or whatever. That's enjoyable, but I can't tell you the last time I picked up one of my Vonnegut books to read off the shelf.
0: I have so many. Yeah, well, actually, it's funny because I'm sitting next to, right here in my office, um, a huge box of books that I can barely lift. That is the latest and I think final bunch of uh, paperback and you know just books that we've yes purge. the latest purge of books. The and purge, right yeah. now our bookshelves are we have very few bookshelves and they just have books that are kind of nice that are kind of have some educational value or they're science fiction, but they're a really nice version of the science fiction book. Um,
1: Still, that's the same psychology, man. You yeah. just move the bar.
0: I just
1: <laughs> You just change the bar for, <laughs> you just move the bar up slightly about what qualifies for being on the shelf. Right. Well, it, does, it doesn't, they don't necessarily have any more utility. They're just nicer versions. I'm not, I'm not psychoanalyzing you, or at least I'm not trying to. But this is how I think to myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through like, them right oh, now well, and saying, we'll, what is on the we'll shelf? only let these books be on the shelf. And I'm like, well, what's special about those books? And my, you know, I have this battle with my wife as well, because we both romanticized that when we were older, we would have a library in our house filled with books. And, I, and guess, I can't tell you how many times she's asked me to build more bookshelves in our office. I'm like, no, we don't need the books out. We don't need them out for
0: display. I don't care yeah, about Exactly. Them. Have less books. Yeah, I'm looking at the books that are on the shelf right now. It is kind of books that are kind of reference books. Those are the books that are left. And a few kind of bigger uh, sci-fi books that she hasn't read yet that she plans on reading. And, you know, based on the ones that she's gotten rid of, it's very likely that she will actually read these. And then the other ones are like, you know... um, Things that are no longer in print, but I would actually like to reference them someday. So I should hang on to them. Uh,
1: those are those are also rough ones for me because I collected books. I have old, like hard to find, 200-year-old chemistry books. Wow. Like really actually rare. But again, if they're worth that much, why are they in my attic and I haven't seen them for seven years? <laughs> yep. And I don't actually know if they're still in good condition like I don't really know if they they still have any value to them maybe uh, a rat has shredded them to use for a nest yeah. like I have <laughs> no idea yeah. you
0: should you should definitely sell them on eBay and recoup all that value
1: oh yeah I'll totally get right on the <laughs> exactly. eBay experience
0: wow I I just I so, can't see myself so doing books, that books you know I think we we probably talked about our dealing mm-hmm. with books uh as they exist in our lives um I do agree
1: they're iconic. Yeah. They represent a lot of things in my life. But a lot of problems. But I do
0: think that the problems, some of the problems that, uh, that they cause can be solved through having a Kindle. And I think I've just uh, become a, a Kindle book hoarder. Uh, and actually yeah. looking through my Audible books, I could very likely be a, an Audible oh, book hoarder Digital
1: hoarding is a whole other aspect I wanted to ask you about. But I had a couple questions for you about the uh, – tangentially re- related to the kitchen – do you do you have like a standalone freezer or like how much stuff is in your freezer um, right now?
0: That's a good question because we haven't done the kitchen uh uh we haven't done the kitchen clean out yet but we do not have a standalone freezer. I have the the beer keezer downstairs which is is uh, always kind of in a I'm very sensitive to to the fresh beer uh conundrum so we're always kind of going through that stuff. <laughs> yeah um as much uh, as i like to have beer on hand i've i, I I am much more sensitive to having as little beer in the house as possible because yeah,
1: I I got over my aging uh, experiments a while back, and I I try not to let beer sit sit around too long. I try not to buy too much of the same kind of beer anymore.
0: Yeah, um, although we went on a kick where I think we got like three cases of beer recently, and it, it, I mean it sounded like a lot, but we had a party and a lot of people drank it at the party, yeah. and we go to neighbors and we take beer, but it goes faster than I would like to. Uh, (laughs) That I'd like to admit
1: So how full is your freezer on your fridge then? Because this is is something we struggle with Of like That's another thing that seems to have this intrinsic value That I have a hard time dissociating from Which is getting rid of food Like you know I grew up thinking Like don't waste food Oh
0: I'm bad about that Like be a decent human I'm a terrible Um, human apparently I'm not a But do you clean out your freezer? uh, We clean it out frequently But not as frequently as we probably should um, but there's not a lot in there, really. Um, when I when I look through it last, um, although over the course of the summer we have a CSA, um, and there's generally too many vegetables for the two of us to eat. So a lot of times she'll make yeah. something and then we'll freeze it. And so over the summer, I imagine that's going to fill up.
1: Fill it up? Yeah, that's. I think that's fairly normal to fill it up over over the course of the summer with fresh things, and then and, uh, then. Uh, then be ready for the winter that that's that's the ideal but then cleaning it out during the summer is important to make sure you're not just putting the good stuff in front of the hamburger that from 1995
0: (laughs) so yeah i mean the hamburger thing is not something i have to deal with a lot my my son my youngest son loves uh hamburgers and whenever we have cookout we we do the uh we do the hamburger thing um but he the hamburger yeah. thing. You mean making yeah, hamburgers? Yeah, we'll do the cookout and have hamburgers. And okay. um, but uh, we usually don't have that many, like maybe six on hand, and that's about it. Like, or I guess when I when I'm really putting my my brain into action, we really have a pretty empty freezer, probably compared to most people.
1: See, we have a standalone freezer in our wow. basement. Wow, what's in there? Where we shop at Costco. It, it's like in our laundry room. It's in the back of the house, and. We shop at Costco and we will get a large thing of like fish or steak and then divvy it up, break it up. In fact, that's what I was doing today. I went grocery shopping and we'll split up all the food into bags, wrap it with limofoil, foil, date it, put it in the freezer, and then we'll live off that for weeks, right? Not buy meat for a long time because – like the worst thing is running out of meat and having to go to the grocery store on a on a Wednesday at
0: four. That sucks. <laughs> so yeah, see, uh, we don't do uh, since we're mostly eating vegetables and the occasional veggie burger. It's not too hard to stock up on some veggie burgers and then the occasional hamburger that that uh we'll have for cookouts. Although yeah, um, I'd like to keep a. I would like to fill my freezer slash refrigerator with these uh, dogfish head bratwursts that I had the other day. But that's, a, that's a topic for another show, but that is the best food I've ever eaten.
1: Yeah, see? That's one of those things where, you're like, i got to stock up because what, what if they stop, they making, stop them?
0: making them? I want to have enough for 20 years' worth of cookouts.
1: Yeah, got to be ready for the apocalypse with my my bratwurst. Exactly. Yeah, so the, like that's one of those things that we have to force ourselves to go down there and say, like, look, frankly, we made this meatloaf, like, literally 18 months ago. We're probably not going to eat it. Because every time we've gone down there to get something out, we think, oh, that meatloaf's too old. It's been in there too long. It's freezer burned or whatever. So, like, throwing that out's really difficult to Mm -hmm. say, I spent this time making it. The cost. Cooking it. You know, yeah. yeah, It's, um. And it's food. Like, throwing out food seems terrible. But on the other hand, just storing it and wasting electricity to keep it frozen seems terrible, too. I'm like a, like a. You know, <laughs> freezing freezing it for a future generation or something. So is that
0: part of your uh, your spring clean? Is is it's is on my it really? List.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My list is broken down in like different parts of the house. Well, what is and, your? Uh, do you have the, a general
0: like high level areas? What are they?
1: Yeah, kitchen, bedroom, closets, study, house, attic, garage. And my garage has an attic. That's uh, that kind of breaks down the whole thing. I don't usually. I, in my computer, but whatever. I just did that when I bought a new computer. Yeah,
0: that was a that was a recent topic.
1: But I did like bathrooms. We don't save a lot of stuff in the bathroom, so you know that is one though that has gotten out of hand in the past. Is like medicines and stuff. Like oh, we we have three things of Theraflu. Oh, that seems a little excessive. You know, it's you know
0: even worse than that. This is this is it's it's worse and it's better. Four things of Theraflu. Um, is. Uh, th- the things that contribute or exacerbate this spring cleaning stuff is because it's not organized, I often don't know what the heck we have. So a lot of times I'll look and say, oh, we don't have any aspirin and put it on the list, like a shopping list. And she'll get aspirin and she'll be like, is this like an extra one? Because we already have one in this room and we have one in that room.
1: I know. Oh, oh my God, that. it drives me crazy. I didn't know that's where we kept it. <laughs> I've, I've definitely gone through that of even just groceries like why did you buy butter we already had butter now we have 18 sticks of butter like that's um i'm usually the worst when it comes to that <laughs> If you're not bothering yeah to I'm, check. I'm very much just, the worst just having this sense that we were out <laughs> so buying it
0: My big, uh, my bad yeah, that, my worst one was dish dishwashing liquid um, mm-hmm. as, as we would run low, I would, I would put it on the list and she'd get another one. I think we have like four under our sink at this point. <laughs> it's so stupid, yeah, but that's because yeah. I'm not, it's not organized, right? It's like back behind things and I don't know what, where, what is where and where everything is. And, um, yeah. it, that's, I,
1: I tried to go get on the, can we put things in lists that we both maintain that didn't go over well. Like that, like the freezer thing. Can we put, when we put someone in the freezer, let's put it in reminders as one of our lists and then check it off when it comes out. That was not going to (laughs) happen. Like she looked at me like, you're insane now. There's no way I'm doing that. Um, The one that I'm in the throes of right now is the garage. And that one I'm thinking about bringing in outside help.
0: Oh, really? Bring, yeah. I'm not the coming to The attic of the garage I'm specifically. I'm just too far to drive.
1: <laughs> hey, I got good beer. <laughs> to no, me, so. I just got a keg of dirt. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, I'm thinking I'm going to hire somebody through TaskRabbit. Have you heard of that?
0: Sorry, I was sipping beer. You've told me about it. Um, I just find it hard to yeah, believe well, it exists. we got
1: somebody to help. Like, I had somebody come clean our windows one time. Through that? Did that through TaskRabbit. Yeah. That's pretty good service. Basically, you... you write up what your job is, how much you're willing to pay, and you post it out and it's like a almost like a bid, you're saying here's my job, if you want it contact me. And people will offer to do it for that amount and then you're set and you don't pay the person directly, You pay through TaskRabbit. So it kind of you know separates the whole money exchange piece. And at least the the people I've worked with have been pretty credible. You get to see who they are, like their their history on yeah, That was on what Task I was wondering. Rabbit like, and, how
0: does that work?
1: Yep. Yeah, it's not like Craigslist, right? It's not like randos contacting That's... you saying, "Hey, I'll do this for twenty bucks or yeah. meth." <laughs> you know, it's it's really it's it's really, like you get to see their history on the site and things like that, and their ratings and from other people, whatever. And I've had really awesome people through it. Like, uh, we have a girl that periodically will come to help just like clean. Right. Cause my wife's in school. We both work full time. We have a kid and like every couple weeks or something, somebody will come and like mop the floors for us. So it makes my wife feel good. Uh, we don't have time to do it th- on that regular basis. And she likes that the floors are clean. So cool. And it doesn't cost that much. I met this person through TaskRabbit and she's super nice. And, So for the garage, I'm going to say that I have about 45 boxes of books in the attic. And I want them to all come down into the garage that will have no cars in it and stacked up and piled into organized piles. And all the other stuff can come down and be in the middle of the garage. And then then at least I've done two things. I've pulled it out of the attic where it was safely out of mind. Mm -hmm. Now it's – in a convenient location. But I've also seriously inconvenienced myself and my wife for parking our cars. So it has to be dealt with before the <laughs> snow comes.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's I like my that. Tactic. Yeah, forced <laughs> compliance.
1: Yeah. So by putting it there, like we, the only other option will be to put it back into the attic. And to do that, I'll either have to pay somebody to do that or do it myself. And so I'm much more likely to just say, you know what? This stuff's all going. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be in good shape where we've finally moved past all of that. And if we have to move again someday in the future, that stuff doesn't exist here anymore. And that, ah, I can't wait for that. That just that relief alone is my motivation. Like I
0: said, I mean, a a lot of our, um, a, a lot of the reason why we haven't really dealt much with this recently is because we, we, uh, we moved two years ago. And so that move, so it, we went from an apartment to a very tiny 1750s house, which w- was even smaller than my apartment in a lot of ways. The rooms were smaller and weirder shapes, and we couldn't keep, keep a lot of the furniture that we'd had. We had to buy strangely shaped furniture um, just to fit in this weird little house. But because we were going from a much smaller place to a much bigger place, um, you know we're still expanding but i think that's the problem like i think our issue is yeah. going to be 3 or 4 years from now as we've expanded to the new space is staying on top of that mess that
1: is like we expanded as far as like gardening equipment oh, yeah yeah multiple shovels multiple rakes like that is something i'm i plan on like seriously taking a look at of i don't need all these shovels i i actually plan to get a dumpster at the end of august So that I've got myself situated where I've either donated. So there's some good, good ways to donate stuff. Like you can, uh, what is it? Donate.org. I think you can go and they'll, you put in your zip code and they'll tell you what places will pick up different kinds of stuff like computers, mattresses, clothing, and just kind of like, we have a, a bin full of shoes, shoes, like tons of shoes. I don't know why we have so many shoes, some of them are mine, but I try to keep to like you know, I really should get rid of shoes when I buy a replacement pair of shoes, but I always like have that moment of well, these would be good for gardening they <laughs> they have no tread, they're really uncomfortable, uh-huh. uh they're all torn, but that's perfect for gardening. It's
0: like, oh come yep. on, and uh, yeah, yeah, I am right there with you because I just threw out a pair of shoes um that had been in the closet uh we actually moved them from the last house into this closet because i might because they were nice old shoes and they weren't completely worn out and hey i may need them again at some point but i thought well i hadn't hadn't worn them for two years um i've bought new shoes since then very unlikely i'm going to go back to three-year-old shoes really um that were the reason they were replaced is because they were worn out. So why would I go back to wearing them? Yet yeah, they were they were getting yeah. tripped over in the closet, pretty much on a morning uh, basis. Coats, yeah, clothes. That's a big one for me too because my weight fluctuates.
1: Like I will go up or down a couple pant sizes pretty easily, especially during the summer when I'm doing a lot of gardening and stuff like that. Like, and I just get in this thing of like ah. Oh. I'll save these jeans. Yeah. I can't possibly put them on now without medical assistance. <laughs> a winch. But, you know, someday I'll lose the weight. And I did this for years. And there were times when I lost a significant amount of weight. Like, I think in grad school, I went through a point where I lost like 100 pounds. Right. And the thing that I learned from that was I don't want the
0: old clothes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you lose a lot you of weight, you want to buy new clothes. clothes. Exactly. Yeah. I actually, yeah. um, so, uh, You know, I I hate shopping, right? So I almost have a a, a forced spring cleaning on clothes, but it's not every spring. It's about every six years. And this is, you know, an admission here is that I don't buy many clothes. And I buy a few things, like six of each thing, pants, shirts, you know, and then I wear them until they fall apart <laughs> and then I buy yeah. new ones. And so unfortunately for me, um, I'd say over the winter, um, I was in my office and I went to point at something on a monitor and I hear this ripping sound and my entire uh, elbow on the sleeve of my shirt had been ripped out because <laughs> the, 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 well, yeah. that one's done. <laughs> exactly, I said. And so the cycle's beginning. And and then the next week, another elbow torn out. And then, you know, and then I... How many how many ties do you I have? I don't wear ties, so I have one tie.
1: You, so you don't own one any? One tie. Okay. Yeah, I, I recently emptied my tie drawer, donated them all. And my wife's like, are you sure? What if suddenly you have to start wearing a tie for your job? I'm like, I'll get a new job. <laughs> I don't want to wear uh, ties.
0: Um, so uh, so then my cycle then is get rid of all the things that are on the way out. And we have a big bag of things to donate. And we have a big bag of things that are too threadbare to really be worth anything. They yeah. get turned into rags or whatever. And then I bought, I basically, I actually went very, very Steve Jobs this this time, which was I found, I did a little bit of picking and choosing here and there of the kind of pants that I was that I liked for work and pants that I liked outside of work and I bought like three of each kind or four of each kind. And then I bought some, sh- I found the shirts that I liked. I haven't bought multiple copies of that. My plan is to just always have the same thing and just always wear the same thing. Cause I, nobody notices. And even if they did, I wouldn't care if they noticed. And it's much more f- for me about being comfortable in them and knowing that they're clean and whatever. And so I'm going to buy, you know, I, I decided on the shirt I want to get. I got my pants. I got my shirt. And then all that old stuff goes away and the drawers always stay the same level of stuff, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, I've, been, I've gotten better over, over time, mostly because my wife wants all of the closet mm. space. So it's like win-win if I get rid of stuff. There's less stuff for me to pick through and there's more space for her to do her thing. And it, and I am not in a position to tell her what to keep in her no, closet nope. at all. So it's not on my agenda. But like all this other stuff, it kind of feels good when the space opens up and like there's just less stuff to get through. I, I do enjoy that. So that's that's like my motivation. Like getting the new computer Having less stuff on my computer is nice. So, like, it's go. I go to my documents folder and it's like nicely organized, right? It's not filled with like hobos that died. It's got like tons, like, just <laughs> what I need in, in a logical yeah. order.
0: No, right? I'm right there with you. So, um, yeah. So, the clothes thing is something that I was very, uh, it's a, it's a painful subject because I just hate buying clothes and looking for clothes <laughs> and dealing with clothes at all. Well, so.
1: yeah, I I actually don't like buying clothes now. I did when I lost a hundred pounds. That was fun, but uh, you know, gaining gaining most of that back, I no longer enjoy the shopping experience. I mostly just am a utilitarian. Like it's hot, I want shorts. It's it's cold, I want jeans. Like that's mostly yeah. How I, I work. actually
0: don't have any jeans anymore. <laughs>
1: So, so that's uh and so where does that leave us I, I i am i'm pretty pumped now to go out there into my garage and like finish <laughs> cleaning on it. I, like i'm i'm pretty jack i seriously made a huge dent got rid of a ton of stuff and uh the next sensitive part is going to be get, getting rid of my kids old big wheel michigan um, rides mm-hmm. And I know what's going to happen. That's, I'm going to put and it out by the street. Say, Not for pickup, but like we have, we live in an area where people will just, like, I put out three or four bins of computer cables, like, literally, like parallel cables for printers that don't exist anymore. People took it. I'm like whatever, that's great. They'll probably sell it at their garage sale. It continue the economy around here. Yeah,
0: I uh, so that, that is.
1: like that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's great. So I'll put it out there and somebody. Yeah, up I was it actually up.
0: surprised. I would. I thought that that would happen more here, um, just given where we live out in the country and
1: everybody rides yeah. motorcycles. there. They, can, they can't they pick can up carry anything. Pick
0: pick table away on their motorcycle. Yeah,
1: which it's pretty nice and quiet I now know. that it's raining. I,
0: I was really excited about that. It's just uh, the goats quieted down. And there's no motorcycles. It's almost completely silent here this weekend. So, um, oh man, yeah, Tony, I, my barn is the next thing I have to tackle after the kitchen. And um, yep, yeah,
1: that's a big area that you could easily expand. Yeah, well, that's into kind of what's happened with, with without much well, um, consequence. You know, recently so, into bikes. Speaking of hmm? barn, yes. speaking of barn, what do you think of this beer?
0: Um, I think it's gotten better as it's warmed up. Um, that's why I think this would be a great one to just be sitting on the back porch because it's, mm. it, it was really crisp and, and sassy when it was cold. And now as it's warmed up, <laughs> it's got this sassy. kind of um, this is buttery. I
1: think that was a rap group out of the 80s, <laughs> crisp, crisp and, and sassy. sassy.
0: It's got this kind of buttery feel to it, and uh, I really like this stuff a lot.
1: Mm, yeah. Oh, buttery. That's a, that's a, not butyric acid, like right. bad butter taste. Like it's, because of it, it's got that smoothness smooth and it's, texture, it's got the really fine yeah. bubbles, but some malt to it. A little
0: it. cloying on the on the tongue a little bit. So that sti- that's, that's, that uh, tartness stays around a little bit. It doesn't just leave, the taste doesn't just um, leave your mouth right away.
1: I tell you, the banana esters are really mm-hmm. coming out now. Like the, um, almost like Belgian the Belgian kind of like undertones of banana esters are right there.
0: Yeah, this is really mm. good. Um,
1: yeah, this is, this
0: is a real winner. I can't, uh,
1: I would say, well, wh- wh- what grade are you going to
0: uh, Let me see. I have it open actually right now in tap cellar. I'm going to give this an A. Mm.
1: Yeah. I think I'm going to give it, uh, I'm probably going to give it an A. Yeah, I I agree. A minus A, it's right there. I think A um, minus would
0: be doing it a disservice. Um, I think it's up there with among the best saison for its style. I think it is among the best I've had of that type. It's not my the best beer I've ever had, so it's just an A. But of and I love saisons. You know, there's a there's a place around here called Mackenzie's that is uh, famous for the saisons and. they've won gold medals and all that stuff. This is at least as good as theirs. Um, This is really, really, really good. You're welcome. (laughs) What have you had this week that's uh, (laughs) uh, notable?
1: Uh, I had Equinox from Lagunitas uh, a couple nights ago. That was pretty good. But again, I got that keg of Dirt Wolf. That's Mm -hmm. mostly like when I'm out working in the garden or whatever, I'll be sipping on it. Yeah, I have
0: not had too many crazy things. Um... We had uh, stone ruination at the local pub. Um, they had yep. that on tap. It' was a really good, good one. and uh, let me see some of the other ones. and I, I wish I could pull it up in tap seller, but I, uh, I wiped it out because we're testing <laughs> we're testing a new version today. <laughs> yeah. um, uh-huh. What else did we have this week? We had. Um, I've been drinking the dark horse uh crooketry, not the, the double crooketry that we had before, but uh yeah. I, I got a case of the crooketry. Oh, Quite good, good stuff. stuff. Um, I need to go pick up some of that knee deep now oh, that it's in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's just
1: too busy this week. That. Heading heading to the science museum to see the Pixar behind the science of oh, Pixar. That'd be cool tomorrow. Uh,
0: my wife is actually so. out shopping uh, for those dogfish head bratwursts that I mentioned. Uh, thank goodness for her and um, And hopefully she bought a case (laughs) fill her whole freezer with them and uh, and when she gets back we're actually planning on going to Tired Hands Brewery Um, although it's pouring absolutely pouring rain right now so we'll see what happens well,
1: maybe it'll be less busy. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm hoping. And there's two locations now, so if one's busy, hopefully the other one will be slightly less. So, so we'll we'll do some uh, some poking around. And if you're interested in video games, the new Batman you should really check it out. Arkham Knight on your PS4. We'll I will tell you what I'm waiting
1: for that Nathan Drake. It collection. will make you Unch- uh, the
0: Uncharted thing is going to be really good for you.
1: Yeah, that's that's more of my. I I tried playing the other Batman things, and I I they got. Boring. Their level of interest did not uh, parallel their level of difficulty. Uh, okay. Let like put it that way. That's how I well, judge. one of these days, like whether or not I'm going to enjoy it. these days,
0: you can. I can actually share my screen. You can watch it and see if it's something you'd be interested in doing. The graphics.
1: I can go on YouTube and watch people. I, I'm sure there's a complete walkthrough. It'd be of the way more interesting to
0: see me play it badly. I have the feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> Hmm.
0: <laughs> i guess you're right um hmm. the graphics we'll on it are amazing though and it's uh even my wife who usually does not care at all was like what is yeah. happening on your screen
1: no I, wa- I watched a lot of the previews uh, i watched the not g4 what e3 called the uh game <laughs> was yeah, i was right. thinking g4 right <laughs> no g4 was yeah, the game was. channel the video game channel yeah um yeah, I watched all the E3 announcements live, just because. Like, I think we've reached a point of console games where it's less about the console capabilities and more about the art of the games. Yeah, that being made, we've kind of hit right? the point it's where it's like, is... oh, well, we're now using this new shader, so check this out. It's more of like, it's an amazing story that yeah, looks real, it... like the Nathan Drake stuff. Yeah, the
0: um, Uncharted. What's the
1: game called? Uncharted. Yeah, the new Uncharted. Like the preview for that, I I was like enthralled with like this is like a movie. Yeah, it's like we're we're approaching that point of
0: you're just going to play a movie. Yeah, my kids, uh, the Uncharted, and this is a yeah, whole new it is. show. So, this, so the Uncharted, <laughs> my kids just wanted me to play it so they could watch. They 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 almost oh, viewed I, I it as if it was Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. good stuff. So yeah, uh, really cool. Go play it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later.
1: Bye. Bye.